Hello, and welcome to the Brothers in Armchairs podcast. We are friends brought together through our years of military service who share a common interest in movies and pop culture. If you're looking for a film review show that has more in-depth and detailed content, then you are in the right place. Today, we are going to explain the Oscars, who governs it and how it works without getting too technical, sort of like uh, Oscars 101. We did all the research, so you don't have to. I'm your host, Dell, and with me today is my brother, Kenny. Aloha. So I, I got to ask, man, why'd you suddenly want to do this show? So, you know, we've made posts about the Oscars on our social media, right? And I know you've made posts about the Oscars every year for probably like a decade, if I'm not mistaken. It's but 2010. recently, <laughs> since 2010, wow. Since 2010. Since 2010, wow. <laughs> uh, but recently, especially on TikTok, I noticed there are folks out there who might not understand what the Oscars actually is or what is the organization behind it. So I thought, We'd bust out this Cliff Notes-esque podcast as a way to explain it all for people that might be interested. I mean, that sounds like a good deal to me. I mean, I love the Oscars, so I guess without any trailer to play, let's get into it, man. Nice. So as the legend Slick Rick would say, here we go. Founded in 1927, the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, or AMPIS, is a professional honorary organization with the stated goal of advancing the arts and sciences of motion pictures. This is an important distinction as many average moviegoers think the sole purpose of Ampis is to give out awards once a year. Matter of fact, the person who created Ampis, Louis B. Mayer, head of Metro-Golden-Mayer, or MGM, simply wanted an organization that could mediate labor disputes without unions. And if you put your history cap on, you'll remember that labor disputes at the turn of the 20th century were very contentious. He gathered like-minded industry professionals from the original five branches, which were actors, directors, writers, technicians, and producers, and hosted their first formal banquet that included 36 guests who became the original founders of Ampis, made formal on May 4, 1927. The first official roster of members was comprised of 230 industry professionals and a few honorary members sprinkled in here and there. As the group continued to develop the organization's purpose, they eventually moved away from labor disputes and more into how to perpetuate and develop their industry through partnerships and development of formalized training schools and research. One of Ampus's purposes was to develop awards of merit. By July 1928, 12 awards were created, complete with a voting system, nominations, and selection processes. These 12 awards were the origin of what is now known today as the Academy Awards or the Oscars. The very first Academy Awards was held on May 16, 1929. It was a private event with 270 people in attendance. The ceremony ran for a whopping 15 minutes because the winners had already been announced three months earlier, so the ceremony was just a formality preceding the post-awards party. In the 1930s, results were given to the newspapers to publish late in the evening after the ceremony had taken place. But then in 1940, the LA Times spilt the beans and announced the winners before the ceremony had taken place, which prompted the practice still used today of placing the names of winners in a sealed envelope to be opened only during the announcement. Oh, and why is the trophy called an Oscar? Well, the jury's still out. According to legendary actor Betty Davis, who served as president of Ampis in 1941, she named the award after her first husband, band leader Harmon Oscar Nelson, and noted that she thought the trophy's posterior looked like her husband's. Also, columnist Sidney Skolsky said he named it. And then in another story, Ampis librarian Margaret Herrick claimed she named it after her uncle Oscar, who she said looked like the trophy. And finally, in another story, 
the word Oscar in Italian can be used in reference to an award or ceremony. Oh, and in case you were curious, since 1950, Ampis ensures each Oscar winner agrees to a clause that allows Ampis the right of first refusal on any Oscar for sale at the price of $1. In other words, if you intend to sell your Oscar, you must first offer it back to Ampis for the low, low purchase price of $1. Any Oscar winner that refuses to agree to this clause must return their Oscar following the ceremony. Only a few Oscars have been sold to private collectors, much to Ampis's disapproval. In some cases, Ampis has blocked the sale, and in others, after the winner of their heirs won in court, have been sold for a pretty penny. The highest known sale reported was Orson Welles' Oscar for Best Original Screenplay for 1941 Citizen Kane. After winning their right to sell in a 2004 court decision, Welles' heirs sold the Oscar for 861542 bucks, what would be $1,037,800 today. Since its inception, both Ampis and the Oscars have grown. What began as 230 members has grown to nearly 9,500 as of December 2020. What started as five branches is currently 17 branches, which are in alphabetical order. Actors, casting directors, cinematographers, costume designers, directors, documentary, executives, film editors, makeup artists and hairstylists, marketing and public relations, music, producers, production design, short films and feature animation, sound, visual effects, and writers. And since 2016, due to some much-needed criticisms, and in response to the hashtag OscarsSoWhite movement, Ampis began to increase the diversity of its members by increasing membership invitations to people of color, international industry professionals, and smaller studios. Speaking as a person who joined the Coast Guard years before its diversity movement, diversity will take time, but it will get there. In 2022, Ampis sent out 397 invitations. Among those invited, 44% are women, 37% are non-white, and 50% are non-Americans spanning 54 different countries. If they all were to accept, Ampis's demographic would be 34% female, 19% non-white, and 23% non-Americans. I bring up Ampis's lack of diversity not to slam them, but to acknowledge that they are working towards change. And that change is bigger than just ethnic or gender diversity. It is international diversity. The global film industry already recognizes the Oscar as the Super Bowl of film industry awards. So why not make the Oscars the world's film industry awards complete with voting members who represent people around the world, truly recognizing the world's greatest talent in each of its 23 Oscar categories? Of Ampus's 17 branches, only four do not have an Oscar category designated to their branch. They are the casting directors, executives, marketing and public relations, and producers. The following have one Oscar for their branch. Directors, cinematographers, production design, sound, film editors, visual effects, costume design, and makeup artists. These guys have two Oscars for their branch, writers, music, and documentary. Short films and feature animation has three Oscars. And finally, actors get a whopping four Oscars. Nominations are determined by their respective branch, and final voting is done by all active and life members. The two categories that are an exception are the Best Picture, which is nominated and final voted by all active and life members, and Best International Feature Film, which is nominated by a committee of member volunteers, then final voted by all active and life members. I have to stress that all active and life members of Ampis, just shy of 10,000 people, 
may vote to determine who wins in each of the 23 Oscar categories. All nominations and votes that happen prior are merely to whittle down the pack to just a few finalists. I think it's important for folks to understand that it's not just a few old dudes in a closed-door meeting drinking brandy and smoking cigars and plotting to ruin people's lives. The winners are determined by all of their Ampus peers. And I should mention that everyone doesn't have to vote and often don't. This is why Oscar hopefuls go on a goodwill tour of sorts to tout their film as worthy of recognition without saying, vote for me because I'm better than so-and-so. 20 years after the Oscar had begun, the first television broadcast of the event by NBC happened in 1953. Since that time, millions of households all over the country and then around the world watched the Oscars. For decades, the Oscars boasted between 40 to 60 million viewers until 2021 when only 10 million watched the COVID-restricted event. Viewership has increased with 16 million viewers in 2022 and 18 million viewers in 2023 but that is nowhere near the numbers the show had enjoyed from previous decades. Broadcast started showing a decline in 2015 with each subsequent year getting lower. A lot of folks have a lot of theories, but I feel it's a combination of everything, everywhere, all at once. So what does the future of the Oscars look like? Well, the recent controversy has certainly helped to boost their ratings, but with the showmanship or the spectacle of the show being almost non-existent, it just doesn't seem grandiose anymore. Not so long ago, viewers were blown away by the glitz and glamour of a spectacle reminiscent of the legendary Busby Berkeley. Kenny and I will always be thankful for this private organization that shares with us their Oscar ceremony, because for folks who think Ampus needs us watching to keep funding their organization, I can tell you that they don't. Ampus has tons of money from multiple streams, and the Oscars is a throwback to their members who support the organization throughout the year. But if it's not money and it's not for us, then why do it? Because what is an entertainment industry award show without fans to gawk at them, to swoon over their fashion, to cry at their speeches, and to laugh at their jokes? After all, in many Oscar recipient speeches, they thank the fans. They thank us, uh, except for the, uh, the shortest speeches, which is as low as two words. And there you have it, the nuts and bolts of the Oscars. There's a ton of information we're leaving out for sake of keeping the episode short and sweet. I hope someone out there found this information useful and that it shed a little light on who is picking winners behind the curtain. Thanks for listening. And for myself and Kenny, this has been a Brothers in Armchairs podcast. Goodbye, everybody. Aloha. goes to Joe Pesci in Goodfellas. Well, it's my privilege. Thank you. Ha, 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 ha.